all three of us here, we're all super big nerds. We're well, the advanced theological I'm, studies program. I'm like a cool nerd. You're, you guys are... <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, no, for sure. No, <laughs> no but yeah, like... we Andy Minio uh, wannabe. I, no, I look... Victor looks like Andy Minio. Like Andy Minio. Andy Minio, if you're listening to this podcast, find me. I look like you. You are listening to Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast, where we talk about your theological questions. BGN podcast is produced every Saturday for your enjoyment. Get more information on our website, grace-nation.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at GraceNationMin and on Facebook. Now, here is your host, President of Grace Nation Ministries, Victor. Hey guys, I'm your host, Victor. And I'm the co-host, Billy. And welcome back to Grace Nation. That's not the name of the podcast. That's not the name of the podcast Bringing at Grace all. to the Nations Bringing Grace podcast. to the Nations. That's the podcast name. <laughs> yes, I have is. to remember that when, when we're running two different it's, it's ministries. It's not that we do this it's like not, once a week. Okay, you're yeah. calling me out right now, I and am. that's not fair. I am. No. Well, I love how you introduce yourself as the host. I'm the president. I'm the host. I run this show. I'm just the co-host. You're That's the, all I am. You're the co-host. Oh, can, can I have a cooler title than that? You can have co-host Billy. Assistant okay. to the co-host? Assistant <laughs> to the co-host. Assistant I the co-host. love it. Yeah, let's do it. I'll assistant to the co-host. Well, <laughs> Griffin, welcome back to our podcast. Thanks, guys. It's great to be back. Like, seriously, yeah. welcome back. You were the first ever guest on the Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast. Like, ever. Huge honor. Huge like, honor. Ever. Yeah. Like, Rem- reminds me, what was, uh, what was the topic that time? Uh, armor of God. Armor of God yeah. in Romans 12. Yeah. yeah. Like, a Romans solid 12, topic. Six, yeah. It's, it's, awesome. it's a rough podcast. It really is. <laughs> not going to lie. I'm glad. I'm going to listen to it erect me. <laughs> I'm glad you can come back and, and experience a better flow of a podcast yeah, from, sure. from where we have been to where God has brought us now. Yeah. Are you, you okay with there being like another host? Oh, it's it's the greatest, the sure. greatest yeah, you're, thing. You're not getting or anything. I mean, that's well, a different question, but you know. <laughs> we are in the tiniest box of a room right now recording our podcast, yes. so it it will get stuffy in here. As, as you guys could probably tell, I'm not fully. My voice is still off. Like I'm still not healed from my sickness. Yeah. And I have given loads flesh. of yeah. money to Joel. Mm. There is no reason why I'm not healed. I think mm. I think he's really he's really mad because you know we. I have we a beat bunch. him on iTunes. I've. We did beat him on <laughs> iTunes. That he's mad. That's what it is, guys. And on that topic, we hit number one on iTunes. Dude, that's crazy. And just like the mind blownness that I have experienced is insane. Like it's yeah. crazy. Like God has been using this in that's insane so awesome. ways and to hit number one, even for just. I don't know how long it was. Maybe like was in it like, like May- oh wow. No, we were probably it changes, there. It changes like no, a couple minutes, th- right? Yeah, no, we were number one for for a day about about a day. That's pretty day. great. About a day. Which, and then we jumped down to number two for a few days, and uh-huh. then after that, we were in like the yeah. teens to like twenties, and well, but like it's crazy, crazy Lord, man. That's so right? awesome. Like it's crazy, and the way God's been using this, and just just the fact that I mean, like after ten episodes. People are are listening and they're engaged, and we have consistent consistent listeners, a consistent yeah, following, consi- a consistent following. That's yeah, insane that God has done that, and to see the connections that it's built. Like I had a meeting yesterday with a podcast that hasn't yet started, and I was able to kind of like give them my my amateur tips yeah, on yeah, like you, what you, we you did, did right? You did go. Yeah, you said you were gonna go, 
and then forgot you were busy and I had, had other plans. I was plans. serving somewhere. I had a thing. <laughs> yeah, sure. I was doing the Lord's work. Uh-huh. What were you doing? So was I. I was doing the Lord's work. Let me ask you, what's the, what's the subject of their podcast? So th- they're going to be doing a podcast on current issues in religion oh, really? and, and yeah. talking about like current issues like in the world. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a really cool podcast. Sounds like the Lord's work, yeah. Yeah, so I'm excited to, <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to be able... I will be on their podcast. I don't think I will have them invite you. Why is that? Because you're being rude to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then we've—I've gotten into contact with you with a few other podcasts, and there are going to be a few collaborations yeah. in the future. And so, like, there's just a lot of cool stuff going on. Yeah, and I am so. I think, and this is so cool because I mean, like, just like we said, God's been using this podcast in amazing ways. And just after ten episodes, seeing us hit number one—I mean, yes, that is a huge honor. Uh, but ultimately, you know, um, I think it's important that we note that our goal is always the same. We want—we want our viewers, uh, our listeners, to fall deeper in love with Christ and His Word. Um, we want to stir uh, the body yeah. toward loving good works. We want to stir them toward stir their affections for Jesus yeah. uh, and embolden them in their evangelism. Uh, and I feel like, at least from what I've heard, you know, at our school, um, people have been edified. Yeah, and so it's that's insane. so awesome that and God could use broken individuals like us exactly. in a tiny box of a room to uh, do kingdom work. To bring grace to the nations. Yeah, you know? to bring grace that's, to the nations. So Even awesome. if it's America, like Bangladesh has a huge listening audience. Like, there are a few other uh, countries that have been listening in. That is so it's that's just so insane. Cool. And that's even so cool. even yeah. if no one listened, right? Like if no one listened to this yeah. podcast, like even the work that God has done in each of our hearts through Absolutely. it is is well worth the labor because God is glorified because our affections are stirred. Like Absolutely. amazing stuff. Yeah. Um, I think it's and I think it's important that we know that you know like what regardless whoever listens, God values the individual. I uh, think of Philip and uh, and the eunuch. Uh, he he left a revival uh, just to go after this one guy. Uh, so I mean, regardless of you know yeah. we got number one or not, just the fact that even a few people are listening and being stirred by it, that God's using it even in their lives. That's a few souls. Totally worth it. And it's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. So so what are we talking about today? Yeah, Griffin, what are we talking about today? So you're you're back on our podcast, episode eleven. Yeah, so, man. Ten uh, later. Ten later. Yeah. We, we have we'll you back. back up for. Uh, for 22. This is a topic you are seriously passionate about. Oh, yeah, about. this is my passion project. What I want to talk to you guys about is specifically the American worldview and how it negatively affects everyday Christians oh, wow. okay. in America. Yeah. And that's heavy. Oh, it's, like, it's an intense topic. Because even, even myself not having done the research and the study behind it that you've done, mm-hmm. it's evident, right? Like, oh, yeah. like we can see it. And if you're looking for it, it's probably even more evident. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I'm interesting to hear about what you've done, what you've studied, yeah. Yeah. the biblical principles behind what you see going on yeah. and, and how we can move forward, not in a divisive manner, right? So like right. recognize yeah. the problem, like mm-hmm. let's bring mm-hmm. it to the surface and then like where do we go from there? Oh yeah, the point of what I'm going to say is that these are things that everyone deals with and as soon as you hear it, you're going to start seeing it everywhere. Mm-hmm. And the the idea with that is not to bring division, but to bring unity as we try to come together to solve these issues that are prevalent yeah. everywhere. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, I mean, we need to just define what a worldview is. Right. And it's important to realize that, you know, a worldview is it's how you view the world. Mm-hmm. Like the word is the yeah. definitions in the word. Yeah. You know, the American culture gives us things. Mm-hmm. The way I've heard it described is it's, it's, we're kind of like a goldfish in a fishbowl. You know, and all you know is the water inside that fishbowl. That goldfish doesn't even know that anything outside that fishbowl exists. That's mm-hmm. what the American worldview is like to us. Yeah. We live within it. It's a part of who we are. It's a part of our culture and our heritage. And we don't even understand that it's there. 
We don't even understand what it's doing to us. Mm. And so when we go through these things, you're going to realize how these issues, if you've been raised in America, invade your life and can impede your walk with Christ in a negative way. And so... um, So are you talking about like specifically um, the facets of American worldview that you're going to go into, these things that negatively affect Christians, that's not just individual it's not just individual Christian, but the church as a whole oh and absolutely the church both yeah. yeah the church as a whole and individuals and yeah. i think like you were saying like this isn't just something that people in the church deal with this is like something that's prominent in secular culture oh, like, oh this, yeah absolutely. this is how like secular culture mm-hmm. is invading church culture oh yeah absolutely and, and mm-hmm. so i think yeah you have a lot of really interesting points to bring up mm-hmm. uh, about that and so yeah let's just dive straight into it what do you have for all us? right so we have five okay major there are more there are five major ways that I see the American culture invading mm-hmm. the church. Mm-hmm. And the first is individualism. The idea of individualism. Now, what do I mean when I say that? It's the American idea that I don't need anyone else. Mm. This is a part of the American dream. A lot of these surround how terrible the idea of the American dream is and how anti-gospel the American dream is. This is the idea that I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps. I'm going to make something of myself. I'm not going to rely on anyone else. And I'm going to go pursue my dream alone. Mm. And that's a big problem, especially yeah. in our current generation. Yeah. We have a lot of people that don't want help. Yeah. They don't want to give help. They don't want to get help. They just want to strike out on their own and take care of themselves. Yeah. And that's a huge problem. It creates two major problems that I don't need God and then I don't need people. And both of these are incredibly wrong. Look at the early church. You have to look at the other church. Acts 4 verse 32 says, Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. Mm individualism the, that entire concept is not it, i wouldn't i would go as far as that it wasn't even allowed wow. like individualism is something that it's not even just like a bad thing it was not allowed in the early church they were one community yeah. mm-hmm. together yeah and in america it's just something that's fallen to the wayside people go to church by themselves they go to they leave church by themselves even mm-hmm. if they have some surface level relationships with the people in their church or friends it's not the same level of community mm-hmm. to that right. that breaks up that yeah. individualism no, that exists no yeah it's, it's exactly just like a bubble you walk into mm-hmm. on a sunday morning mm-hmm. and then when it's over you kind of walk right out of it and you leave that that bubble and you go back to mm-hmm. i guess regular life you could call it exactly mm-hmm. and this goes now the easy part of this is the idea of giving like the church talks about giving all the time. It's not hard to give. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder to receive mm. because in our American culture, we've been told that if you haven't earned something, you don't deserve it. Yeah. That it's the pride, it's the, American pride, pride the American yeah. pride of a work done by your own hands. And so in that case, we refuse to receive. Mm-hmm. And when you live in a community that's described like the ancient church, we need to be able to give and also be able to receive right. things that are given to us by our brothers and sisters in Christ right. in order to have that fully dependent community. The idea is dependence. Right. It's individualism, independence. You're not supposed to, we're not built to be independent. Right. Adam wasn't enough alone in the garden. Yeah. He mm-hmm. needed Eve. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And I was actually having this conversation just, just a few days ago, I actually was, had the opportunity to go to, to a conference and in the car, I was having this conversation and we were talking about dependence and it was really interesting the, the way the conversation went. And we were talking about how we are, are called to be like fully dependent on God. Mm. Amen. Right. Yeah. Right. And so we're not supposed to be dependent on anything other than God, but we can show our dependence on God a few other ways. And 
showing our dependence on God sometimes requires us to be dependent on the people he has yes. given us. Yes. Absolutely. Because exactly. Because the vertical is always intimately connected to the horizontal. Right. And I think we get that mixed up, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're like, I don't need to be, I'm independent. Like, yeah. I don't need anyone, Even anything. Even our Christianity. Exactly. Like, yeah. I'm going to be fully dependent on God. I don't, I don't need, need communi- any accountability. Right. Nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's such a misconception. And, yeah. and in the same way, I'm supposed to love God and love others, right? I show yeah. God's love for me through the way I love others. We can show our dependence on God by depending on those whom he's given us. Exactly. Yeah. Christianity has yeah. never been an individualistic religion. Mm. It's never been just you and God. Yeah. There is an aspect of you and God and your personal relationship with him. But the church community is so prevalent right. everywhere yeah. in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's required. Yeah. And you whenever, have to have a faith God community. talks about his, sal- you know, his salvific plan of redemption. It's always to, you know, to, uh, to purchase a people from right. every tribe. Exactly. Language, it's not, yeah. it's not just simply, he does care, like you said, he does care about the individuals. Um, and there is that individual relationship that you have with the Lord. Um, but ultimately, you know, we are the bride of Christ. We are one in him. Um, and, and our God is a community. He's a community. Absolutely. He's, he's designed us. He's created yeah. us for community, for relationship, not just with himself vertically, but also horizontally with one another. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, this is, you know, C.S. Lewis paints a, this very intriguing picture of hell. Uh, he describes it as you being all alone and there are people around you, but they're, they're miles away and you can't reach them. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like independence. What we view as independence, the Bible calls slavery. Amen. Mm, yeah. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of the idea. But this idea goes even farther in our culture. This idea of individualism has spread from beyond just people by themselves. But I would go so far as to say the the concept of the American nuclear family okay. even hmm. falls within this concept of bad individualism. Right. Uh, I paraphrase this by calling it front porches and fences. Okay. A long time ago, everyone had front porch. Mm-hmm. Everyone sat on their front porch and they engaged people around them. Right. Now we've replaced those front porches with fences. Mm. I do not sit on my front porch. Right. And talk to people. Yeah. Like, I struggle with individualism just as much as everyone else. Me and my nuclear family, we feel like we're enough for each other. Right. We feel like we don't need to go out because we have the community of the four of us. Yeah. That mm-hmm. that's enough. Right. Mm-hmm. But you want to know something? That's not the way it's supposed mm-hmm. to be. By creating those fences with a nuclear family, we're creating a false sense of community. That's right. When, in fact, we're still dealing with that exact same individualism Absolutely. just within yourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I think, and, I, and I think this problem isn't... I guess, notice like right in the Christian church, like this is something that, that we're kind of blinded to. And mm-hmm. that's where Satan wants us. Mm-hmm. He, he wants us deceived and he wants us blinded yeah, yeah. to the issues that are prevalent in our church. Thank goodness we have scripture and people who adamantly seek the scriptures mm. to point these things out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because w- without the scriptures, we would be completely blind in everything. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a perfect example. I mean, you got to look at this. I mean, Acts 4 through 2, what we just read, of one heart and soul. That They're talking about the church community there, of one heart and soul. How intimate is that? Yeah. Like, that is family. Yeah. That is, like, your church family. Like, people say, I have my family and I have my church family. No, you have your church family. That's yeah. true. And your family is just a part of that. Right. I, absolutely. Like, Even Jesus said that my brother and my sisters and my mother are those who do the will of God. Amen. Yeah. Not, yeah. not even not even his biological ones. Because even he had biological brothers and sisters who weren't believers in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, you know, my true family are all those who are who are in Christ or in me. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I think that's awesome. So, moving forward with that, what would you say would be, on an individualistic note, and even for the church corporately, what would be a potential solution to individualism in our culture today? Like, how can we combat that? How can we be, how can we be countercultural in our pursuit of 
living living for Christ and avoiding this individualist mindset? What would you say is a solution? Well, the first thing, obviously, is realizing the problem. Mm-hmm. That's the thing with all of these things. The reason right. we're doing this like is to, that we is to yeah. realize that the problem exists, that mm-hmm. you and I deal with this individualistic tendency. Mm-hmm. But the next thing I would say is to get past surface level relationships with people in your church. Yeah. Mm. Don't be a just Sunday and Wednesday attendee. Yeah. Get Absolutely. with your people. Absolutely. Be with your family. Tell, Be vulnerable. Yeah. Be vulnerable to people in your yeah. church and let them be vulnerable with you. Yeah. Give and receive from them. Yeah. Become an actual community right. of a family. Yeah, and you know? it's interesting because a lot of the time the pastors will catch the blame for what their congregation is doing. Right. And and although the pastor, the pulpit is what is like the the rudder of the church. Like it's what drives the church. And that's right. true. That's that's the instrument that God has used to do that. However, the choices that the congregation make outside of the church don't fall under the pastor's, I guess, you could, like the pastor's mm-hmm. like like, jurisdiction. Jurisdiction, right? Yeah. So, so we as a body can't keep blaming Pastor Mike. You know, mm. we have to take uh, our initiative, yeah. and we have to go out and build yeah. those relationships. And we just yeah. talked about last week, I mean, or, or two weeks ago, about missions and how the Great Commission is called. We were called to make disciples, not just converts. Yeah. Because I think that's where we get mixed up, and we could have that. In, we could have that individualistic mindset and make converts. We can't do that. And make disciples because that that requires vulnerability mm. it requires relationship progressive yeah. relationships right. you know so i think uh you know just like you said you know the church being your family like i think that just discipleship is a beautiful picture of that you know being disciple, discipling others yeah. that is what community is all about i mean i think and this is this is a little bit of a more radical thought but the the church is so this is a hard way to say this they separate based on age okay a mm. lot a lot. And mm. now whether or not that's a good or bad thing, I can't say, but I will say that I think it may lend to the problem of individualism. Mm-hmm. The fact that throughout the church, they make it so that you're only interacting with people of your age group. That in a lot of ways is a good thing. So you can grow with people in the way you need in the same pace you need to be grown. Yeah. But on the other hand, there is something to be said of having your youth mm-hmm. interact with your seniors yeah, and having that yeah. wisdom be best on having your singles interact with your married couples. It could turn to a fence. Just like just exactly else, having yeah. those things can turn into a real fence because yeah. I know churches where the youth have never met anybody over 30 yeah. in the and church. I, th- I think that's where the mm-hmm. mentorship mentee uh, comes into play. Like, yeah. like getting outside of those, that age restricted mm. group and, and seeking that wisdom from other people and not yeah. only seeking wisdom so that they can serve you, but also finding effective ways to serve them Amen. and finding, yeah. finding ways to serve other people in your church and serving with your church. All of these things play together and and deepen the intimacy of relationships. Yeah. When you're serving with people and when you're serving people, those, all those things are going to deepen your relationships. I can, I can say from personal experience that the people I have served with and the people I have served Mm -hmm. are some of the deepest relationships and bonds that I have in my life. Mm -hmm. And it's because I'm doing those things. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. And so those are ways that the church can try to improve on these issues. It's just, Bring people together. Yeah. Bring people together. That's yeah. what the church is for. And serving. You know, and yeah. serve. Because you can't serve you together. Can't serve serve one another. Individualistic. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Absolutely. So that's the first one. That's individualism. Okay. What's yes. the next one? Next one is consumerism or like a consumer mentality. Okay. This one's this one's <laughs> tough, guys. This one is tough because this one this one hurts Christmas a little bit. All right. <laughs> this is this is I call I call this the customer is king. And this is this again is the American dream. You earn your money so that you can 
tailor your lives to how you want to live them. Mm. You buy things to make your life as comfortable as possible based on how you want to live your life. Mm. I, I can't inherently say that's a bad thing as what it is. Now, right. once you start getting into idolatry and hoarding money and yeah. being wiser about it, that's one thing. But I mean, the Lord blesses us here in America. I mean, there's nothing wrong with buying things so you can live a more comfortable life right. it's yeah. for certain to an extent. Yeah. But what happens is we live in a culture now where if we're not comfortable, then we assume something's wrong. Mm. We assume something's wrong and we work to fix that problem. Mm. And so it's created an unhealthy uh, connection in our brain where uncomfortable, bad, mm. right? Uncomfortable, wrong, uncomfortable, find a way to become comfortable or mm. else I can't get anything done. Right. I won't yeah. learn anything. I won't grow. And we apply this to church. Mm. This is where the idea yes. of, um, yes, we do. this is the idea of church shopping. <laughs> this is the idea of church shopping. I didn't like the way that guy sang. That pastor was too topical for me. That pastor was too exegetical for me. I didn't like that only mm-hmm. two people shook my hand instead of five. These are things that mm-hmm. we get so nitpicky about churches. Right. Instead of being like, I live five minutes from this church. I could do a lot of ministry here really easily and it mm-hmm. works well with my schedule. I'm going to go here mm-hmm. so that I can serve. Yeah. Okay. So so corporate worship becomes about us. Yes. We, we look at the church as something to be consumed and we find a church that tailors to our perceived spiritual needs. Mm. And that's wrong Yeah, because I'm going to tell you guys something right now. The church is not a place where we go to consume. The church is not there. This is a weird thing to say. The church is not there for you. Mm. The church is not there for your needs. Right. Absolutely. The church is not there to give you an emotional high or to give you some, some spiritual experience. You go to church to be fed Mm. and you go to church to serve and have a fellowship community. Mm. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, it's where we go. We, it's a place where we go to give and to fellowship. First Corinthians one ten says, uh, "I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be, that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment." Mm-hmm. Uh, at this time, what Paul is saying here is the church was dividing over who they liked better. Yeah, they were dividing yeah. that they were like some of the people like Paul better, some of the people like Apollos better. Apollos, yeah. yeah, and so that's that's the context of what's happening here. And Paul is saying church isn't about what's tailored to you; it's about service to the Holy Spirit. Paul's like, I don't care if you like Apollos better, I don't care if you like me better. If you're mm-hmm. leaving for those reasons, that's wrong. If yeah. you're abandoning your community because of those reasons, that's sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're making church about you. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, it's crazy because I've had like. Some, like insanely similar situations to that. Like mm-hmm. my church would take this, the summer retreat and we would go to Daytona beach and we would have this amazing week long retreat where they would bring in big name singers like Chris Tomlin yes. and, and you know, Ren collective and these big, these big time bands. And they'd also bring in big keynote speakers like Louis Giglio, David Platt and, and other names. And, right. and mm-hmm. one of the years David Platt came to speak and our small group time shifted from the gospel and talking about Jesus to how amazing is David Platt. Mm. And to take nothing away from David Platt, the man is spirit led. Oh, I love and, David Platt. And David yeah. Platt yeah, is by far one of my favorite speakers that I've yeah. ever heard in my life. Yeah. But small group time isn't David Platt time. Absolutely. Exactly. Right? It is yeah. Jesus time. Absolutely. And that, this yeah. exact idea that First Corinthians ta- is talking about, that Paul is talking about uh, t- to the church of Corinth, mm-hmm. is so prevalent in our church today. Exactly. It's Absolutely. all over the place. Absolutely. And so it's something we have to be aware of. The danger of preferences. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, you have to look at how the church is described in Romans Romans 12, verses 4 through 6. Verses, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Mm-hmm. Let us use them. He then goes on to list like specific gifts. Mm-hmm. The church is not a place where we go to get. It's mm-hmm. a place where we go to give. Absolutely. Yeah. Because we are a body, and each body yeah. member, each member of the body has a different function. Yeah. We all serve at some different place in the church. And that's, you know, church isn't there. Like The, the idea here is that church isn't there for us to consume. It's for mm-hmm. us to give. Right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I think something really good about this, and something you mentioned, was that it's not inherently sinful to have preferences or desires. No, it's not. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. The, the, the bad thing is it's not that, I think it's a good thing to delight in the gifts that God's given you. The mm-hmm. danger is when we delight in the gifts more than we delight in the giver. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we can apply that same mentality to church, the same idolatry mm-hmm. of preference. Uh, yeah. It's not that we... We can't have preferences. That those aren't sinful. What is sinful is when we let those precede our mission. Uh, that's when it becomes sinful. Right. Yeah. Uh, because because what Jesus calls us to, when Jesus calls us to come to Himself, He calls us to come and die. Uh, he He calls believers. Uh, we see in Matthew nine, He says, "Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay His head." Saying to the person who wants to follow Him, "If you follow Me, you might be homeless." And saying to the next person, "You know, let the dead bury their own dead." Um, when His Father had died, you know, He wanted to go collect the inheritance. Uh, when Jesus calls people to come, He calls them to take up their cross and that might mean making a decision that would lead to death Uh, and we see all throughout the new testament that the early believers the early followers of jesus they you know like someone once asked me you know come follow jesus what do you have to lose and i said everything everything Mm. whenever jesus called people to follow him whenever he shared the gospel with people whenever he called believers not fans but true genuine followers he told them to count their cost uh he said if you don't if you don't love me more than you love your father your mother your brother sister even your children he said that you're not worthy of me yeah uh we have to be willing to lose all for jesus that doesn't mean that we can't enjoy these things but i think that proper enjoyment of the gifts god's given you they, that comes when you allow God to be who he is. Mm-hmm. It, it says eat and drink to his glory. And you can do that. You can eat and drink and enjoy to God's glory, but you have to do it recognizing who the giver of these gifts are. Yeah. And I think that same same mentality with, with church. You know, we have to realize that this is this church is about him. He has saved us to proclaim the excellencies of him who calls have darkness into light. He didn't save us simply just to give us everything. Right. Uh, he saved us in order that he might take away from us and mm-hmm. give us himself. Exactly. And that might cost us everything. Exactly. And I mean, this is, I mean, every idea has an extent. Mm-hmm. Like right. Paul even talked about, like, it's, it's good that there are, you know, different factions among you like denominations exist for a reason you know you can't be in a church where you have completely opposite doctrinal opinions of you can't get anything done there but i'm talking like i heard a story once where a a church they changed the color of the rug and half of the congregation did not like that decision and left yeah all right this is kind of stuff that we're talking about like yeah (laughs) like consuming ideas here childish like it's absolutely childish yes and there's people who are dying right now our brothers and sisters in the Middle East, and they're traveling for miles on their bicycles just to come to a abandoned building to study the Bible yes. in the quiet. And they don't have they don't have nice yeah. carpets. They are not church shopping. Exactly. They are going to the church right. that is there and serving and worshiping God. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's so true. And I and it's not saying again like what we were talking about, like finding a church. Like I was a part of a church for a while that that had offered me a job, and I was about to go full full force into this youth pastor job, right? Mm. And, and just as I was about to start. 
start, I realized there was nothing on, on the theological scale that we believed in, mm. like that we that we were the same in. Yeah. There was nothing, yeah. and so for my own soul's sake, it might cause division. Or I right, I had to take a step back because what if I said something to the youth mm. that, that you know that contradicted what was said in the message, Absolutely. or what if I was sitting in the message and I'm just not being fed as a believer. Right? right? Like that's what church is for is for yeah. the feeding and the edification of, of the body. And yes. if I'm not getting that from the church that, that doesn't theologically line up where I'm at or isn't theologically sound at all, mm -hmm. then that's not a place that you should be because that's not where you're being fed. But people take that to the extent and it's like window shopping mm -hmm. in New York. Right. Right. And so yeah. they're like, okay, it goes from, it goes from healthy edification to consumption. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's, that's the difference. The idea is the consumption, the wants, the consuming of what you want and build. Right. And that's different than being edified and built by the word, which we need. Right. That's the, that's the role of pastor is to shepherd this flock and, and build them. Right. Yeah. So that's that's the big difference. So uh, consumerism, guys, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Bad. <laughs> don't, it's not about you. <laughs> All right. What's next? Okay. Next up. Ooh, this one's fun. Uh, <laughs> this will be really fun. Oh, uh, yeah. Next up is nationalism. Mm, happy Fourth of July, everyone. Happy Fourth of July. <laughs> Fireworks. Right. Um, the 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 phrase I use to describe this is God and country versus God then country. Mm. Um, this this is, is huge. This is enormous one thing that i'm noticing is that consumerism kind of piggybacks off of this individual these are all connected and this oh, yeah. nationalism where i think i'm going to see it go is going to piggyback off of our consumerism they're right. intertwined they are all connected based on the idea of the american dream right mm. it basically centers around the idea of the, what is called the american dream right and so nationalism y'all what do i mean when i say nationalism i mean i'm talking like God, guns, guts, and glory. Amen. Like, Let's go. Yeah. America. Like, this is the people that worship our country. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you guys right now, America is not Christianity. Really? I'm sorry. I hate to tell you guys this. <laughs> no, no. We yeah. are God's chosen people. Like, like that. <laughs> we God are let America. Israel. America Shush. are the people <laughs> that split the Red Sea. I, I mean, that's what oh. happened, right? America is not Christianity. Mm. The big idea with nationalism is that our hope is not in political reform; it's in Jesus. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you something right now: America will never be great again. Mm. Wow! America will never be great again. Uh, America was, it, even great was it ever great to begin with? Yeah. I yeah. mean, those are all questions you can ask because that's what happens. This this nationalism, you can notice that some of these problems are more prevalent generationally. Yeah. Uh, like individualism is kind of more of a problem for your millennials. Right. Nationalism is more of a problem for your your seniors nowadays. Yeah. That they want they want to bring back America to when they were a kid. Right. You know, they want to make America great again, and all the time when everyone loved Jesus. But if you actually look back at the history of that time, there were not very many people actually loving Jesus. There was just a lot Jesus. of church attendance. Yes. Yeah. And um, there's usually never that many. Honestly, if we look at every single generation, right. there's usually only a remnant. It's true, and so I mean. This idea is perfectly encapsulated in 1 Peter 2, verse 9, mm. where Peter's telling, talking to Christians, he says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies mm. of him who called you out of darkness into his light. Yeah. If you are a Christian, you are not an American first. Mm. You are a Christian first. Yeah. You belong to the nation of yeah. Christ before you yeah. belong to the nation We're of America. Of heaven, that's right. Now, listen, I'm not going to tell you that citizenship in America is not important at all. God bless America. God bless our troops. I mean that. Mm -hmm. I mean that. The people that serve in the military are heroes 
and I, I couldn't imagine sacrificing something like that for your country and, your, and the people that you love. It's incredible. But if you're going to ask me personally where on the list of importance America falls, it's like fifth on my list. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. All right. God and ministry. Like my relationship with God and the ministry I do for him is number one on my list. Yeah. Yeah. Family comes after that friends comes after that my career my career and also my ministry in that asset aspect yeah. like there's the the, the, yeah. the ministry in the sense of what i do for god and the ministry in the sense of my career and then then is country for me like country's on my list it's yeah. in my top five but it's number five on my yeah. top five yeah because i belong to jesus before i belong to america well, yeah and the problem we have especially within christianity and this is although i mean look at facebook right mm-hmm. it's everywhere when christian when america when your country is above christianity on that list you 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 don't let your christianity influence america you allow america's culture to influence your christianity exactly. and it produces heretical christianity mm-hmm. yeah. that is not for the glory of god it is for the yeah. glory yeah. of self it creates this idea that if somehow we get a christian in office if somehow we get a christian senate or Christian House of Representatives or Christian governors, that suddenly all of America is going to be saved. Yeah, mm, really. That we look instead of instead of saying, "Hey, I need to go out into my community and love on people," mm. I'm going to vote for this guy that I think is going to fix all my problems for me. Yeah, yeah. Through the poly- we look through our hope so in yeah. government. When your government is more important than your faith, when your yeah. country is higher up on the list than God, you look for your hope there, mm. and not in tri- not in Christ. Mm. I think it's important to know. I think you mentioned this. Our hope, a lot of times, and we can think of the election, the past election. We were all. I mean, I know many Christians who. Mm. Who, uh, who would identify as Republican. And I think just, just as a note, Jesus would not fit in either, in either <laughs> one of those camps. <laughs> he would have been an independent voter. But yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a moderate. But anyways, um, I think it's important to note um, when we look at this is that, just like you said, we see this, where I know so many people, like Christians who, um, who identify as Republican, not, and that's not sinful, but, but they were praying anxiously. I remember I was an RA, and the whole night, all my guys stayed up late watching the votes, uh, watching them go neck and neck, just waiting to see what the results were going to be in the morning. Um, and I just thought that that was so unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I slept really well last night. I woke up the next morning, and, and I trusted God's sovereignty. Uh, and I think it's so cool that you, know, you noted that we think that all of our problems we solve once we get a Christian office, and yet we see the church is most passionate when the believe when, when the when the rulers are most oppressive. Amen. We see yeah. in in uh, A.D. Mm-hmm. in the 60s when Nero was ruling and reigning and slaughtering Christians. That's mm-hmm. when the church spread the most. Yeah. Um, persecution, persecution. Uh, you know the the doors of opportunity swing on the hinges of opposition, and we see that persecution was what spread the gospel. Uh, that's what took believers to new uncharted places where the gospel had not been reached. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we see that persecution is what purifies the bride of Christ. Absolutely, uh, and I very much believe that. And, and I think I think you've made re- you said it really well um, that nationalism in of itself is not Christianity. Um, our first allegiance is to a king and a kingdom. And I think it's important that we know that we are citizens of heaven above all else. And that doesn't mean that the Bible doesn't you know Romans thirteen it doesn't call us to be um, good stewards of what God's given us and not be yeah. good citizens where He's placed us and not like in Jeremiah pray for the success of the place where we're at. You know, pray for yeah. their prosperity. In, in a good way. You know? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Like, um, look at Matthew 22, verse 21. You know, Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he says, you know, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Like, we are called to honor the obligations of our citizenship. Yeah. I'm not saying don't pay your taxes. I'm not saying don't serve in the military. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying don't work for your government. Right. I am saying know where your allegiance truly lies. Know who yeah. is the highest on your list, yeah. but also do what is required of you right. for your country. And then that second yeah. part of that verse mm-hmm. is 
and what was it and and give to and God, God the things, that, things are that are God's more importantly and we have yeah. to realize that what's and, and the whole context is you know whose image is on the coin well mm-hmm. who has God's image that's us yeah so we our first allegiance is to him fully um, mm-hmm. and then a part of that allegiance to him a part of serving the Lord is being a good moral citizen uh, and doing our uh, fulfilling our citizens mm-hmm. duties um, and that's not sinful um, mm-hmm. but just like you said it, it's a matter of priorities and I think all this could be read back to you know idolatry uh, it all is dependent on who is our God uh, and who do we place on the hierarchy of our loves? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And so last year I, I had the opportunity to attend a unity conference. And uh, <laughs> you told me about that. It was you an interesting was experience. experience. Yeah, it was really interesting. And so this was, you know, during all the political turmoil with, yeah. you know, with the election and, and everything going on. And, and it was in a pre- predominantly lower income community. And they were putting on this uh, this unity conference. And not to bash the conference in any way, it was much more divisive than it was unifying mm. for many reasons. That's so tragic. Uh, it was very tragic. And this is supposed to be a Christian. And conference. this was a Christian yeah. uh, or, or organization. Like they were actually like really uh, like big time like reformer guys, and they were like oh, wow. like like they theologically they were extremely solid, but then practically mm. it fell so short. They they took the entire conference bashing the white evangelicals which that's a whole different uh that's a, that's a whole yeah, different yeah. discussion and there was only five of you there right there, yeah a few of us went because they said they were going to give us a free book and we wanted that book have not opened the book once <laughs> to this day oh i have i have it's okay, you don't <laughs> okay. <laughs> but but yeah and so they were they were like 73 percent of you know white christians white evangelicals uh voted for this guy and and mm. how could they do that when when 24% of the minority people are going to deal with this. And like they were giving all these statistics and they were basically saying we need to shun these people. These white wow. these Christians, yeah. we need to have nothing to do with them mm. because they turn our back on us. Mm. Yeah. What what a bad mindset to have from people Truly. who are in the body, right? Like mm. there's so much uh, poli- we allow our politics to influence our Christianity, like mm. we said. This and goes that's back to the product of like it. this goes back to the idea of consumerism, where we're exactly. we're picking the people. Yes, like we're picking, we're consuming the people that agree with us, that yes. agree with your political views. Guys, your it's political views are not that important. They really, yeah. they nothing. are not that important. Yeah. I'm sorry. The way you think about God is much more important about the way you think our country should be run. Right. Okay. Yeah. And for you to ostracize a person because they have different views than you on government. That's sin. Well, yeah, it's right. so Absolutely. we just yeah. dealt Absolutely. with yeah. we just dealt with a hurricane, Hurricane Irma, right? Oh, that was rough. And it, it just yeah. came it came right through, right? Yeah. And during this time of Hurricane Irma, everyone became a weatherman, right? Like yeah. on Facebook, <laughs> yeah, everyone yeah. was a professional meteorologist, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And it's the same way with politics. Mm-hmm. Something in the world happens. Something in America happens. A everyone shooting happens. A terrorist attack yeah. happens, and everyone's a politician. Yeah. You're not yeah. right. We we have a, God has placed who He's going to place in our office, and at the even at the Unity Conference, they had a question and answer time. Yeah. And so, I mean, we're aware that in Scripture it talks about that that God has placed the Romans authorities 13. above us, yeah. right? And we are to yeah. submit to them as long as we're still in accordance with Scripture. There's that whole passage, Romans 13, right? Yeah. And so I I asked the question and a question and answer time. I was like, hey. Like, is it, is it, are we justified to question God's sovereignty and who he has placed in our uh, political offices and in our government offices? That was my question. Their answer was that God's sovereignty doesn't matter. 
And to say Porque? that from <laughs> Reformed theologians, to say that mm. from any theologian to say that is completely heretical. Yeah, mm. absolutely. But that's the product of what happens when we allow our political views to invade our Christianity. It happens when nationalism is more important exactly. than Christianity. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I don't think we, we don't have to make it a political podcast, obviously. Right. But it's, it's important. Yes, I mean, while our, while our belief... In the fundamentals of scripture um, do impact every area of our lives to invade us and influence us in every area and that does influence how we do things politically ultimately just like you said um, we don't allow our political views to shape uh, our view of the scriptures and I feel like a lot of people do that um, they come with a mindset of oh I fit under this party and so that's how I'm gonna read the Bible right. I'm gonna pick and choose I mean yeah I mean I'm gonna be honest like when it comes to social issues I'm more conservative in that sense because of my biblical convictions however I have believers friends lo who love Jesus who are on the opposite spectrum and we don't ostracize them because they love the Lord uh, they believe his words inerrant and they are seeking him passionately and even if we don't agree on every single issue exactly we recognize that God is sovereign, that his sovereignty is what directs all things, and that his church will be purified and edified through this, even amongst the persecution, um, even amongst the political differences. Uh, and just like we talked about a few weeks ago, the church is a mosaic. There are going to be differences. Yeah. There are going to be um, preferences, denominational differences, uh, differences in political opinion, theological opinion. Uh, but ultimately, at the end of the day, the church is a mosaic that God is forming and making the artist. Um, and you can be different from someone and still be of one mind. You don't have to be uniform in order to be unified. Right. Amen. I like that. Yeah. And so Griffin, to pose the, the question that we asked you earlier, how does this, how, how do we take this information and take this, this idea that, that we've talked about and how do we put it into action? Right. So like we've yeah. talked about this disunity, we've talked about this nationalism. What does that look like when, when we are, uh, are trying to fix that in yeah. the church like tangible solutions. i'm gonna give you two words right now social media mm. all right there are people that i like social media you I know think you it's have, one word it's two words i think it's uh, one. I no think it's there's not a dash. I, no I think it's, it's one two words. Words. It's two words i've never social used a dash. media is two words you've never used right? a dash I've no one used uses a dash, a dash i use a dash. it's two words as i was saying <laughs> oh, man, I'm, I'm so dumb oh man no oh like there are people that you know social media that you don't see that often right but mm -hmm. if there's someone that posts about political stuff all the time, you are literally creating division. Right. When mm -hmm. you post about political stuff all the time, there are people that I know that I do not want to interact with. Even though the times that I've met them, they're great. Right. But because they yeah. constantly post this divisive political stuff, I'm like, this is probably a poisonous person. Yeah. All right. So what when I say about that in the larger scale is don't let it consume your life. Mm. Right. Don't let this idea of nationalism consume your life. You can have opinions on it. You can even be passionate about it to an extent. Mm -hmm. but don't let it don't let it be all you talk about don't let it divide your relationships with people mm. if there's someone in your life you need to go give a hug right now too because you had an argument about politics go give that person go a hug give them a yeah. go give that person a hug and say absolutely. i'm sorry that we argued about politics and haven't talked in a week because that's ridiculous yeah, yeah. jesus is more important than that absolutely okay yeah. it's all about priorities guys it's all about your priorities absolutely okay mm -hmm. nationalism it's a big one nationalism so is a huge one Let's go ahead and take a step from nationalism. What's your What's fourth point? Yeah. All right, the fourth point. This one is a, a funny word. It's called pragmatism. It sounds I'll be honest. So when you told me pragmatism two days ago, I didn't know what it was. Yeah. So, so I was waiting. It sounds really philosophical. Uh, so yeah. I was waiting for you to tell me what it was. <laughs> pragmatism is a complicated <laughs> idea. You kept saying it, and I just was like, yeah, yeah. that's a cool thing. <laughs> it's a complicated idea, but it fits in really well with um, – it's easy to describe with this analogy that we'll all understand. Uh, 
the 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 tagline news of this is Henry Ford was a heretic. Uh, <laughs> I completely 100% agree. <laughs> He was, uh, but I, uh, I drive a Ford. Henry so. Ford was not a heretic. <laughs> Henry Ford. But this is the idea of the Model T assembly line. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So, and this is, again, a part of the American dream. How fast can we make money? Mm-hmm. All right? Instead of taking all day to make one really, really nice car, Henry Ford was like, hey, we can get a bunch of people in a line together and make 20 cars that'll roll mm-hmm. in yeah. a day. Okay? Mm-hmm. And this is, and we've, le- we've tr- again, this is not an inherently bad idea, but when we take these ideas and let them become a part of our culture mm-hmm. and translate them into church, right. that's yeah. when we start Absolutely. having problems. Yeah. And this is the idea of quick and easy solutions to complex problems. So like some examples would be? Uh, like three steps to have a better church. Yeah. Seven steps to heal your marriage. Ten things that are wrong with your church. Okay. Pragmatism even comes through what we're talking about right now. Like this is how pervasive it is in our society that in order for me to tell you guys about this, I have to be pragmatic pragmatic. about it. I have to tell you five things that are wrong with American culture and how they affect you. Mm -hmm. Okay. This issue is so much deeper than these five things I'm telling you about. I cannot even begin to scratch the surface of what's actually going on in our culture. All I can do is tell you five things about it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And this is pragmatism. This is not as well as good as this can be done. Yeah. And I mean, I challenge you guys walk into a Lifeway bookstore right mm-hmm. and go to the devotion go to the yeah. v- devotion aisle you'll see one minute with god you know 30 days to a happy life mm. you know i was i was in a publix yesterday guys yeah. i was in a publix and if you guys follow me on snapchat you should <laughs> you'll see it i posted it was a td jakes bishop and joel olstein book so it was like heretic <laughs> central right and it was 30 days to spiritual cures mm. right and that was mm. the devotion and this is what's popular yeah this is what b- people Absolutely. want steps people want Absolutely. seven ways to beat addiction yep. people want to know yeah. with the quick easy fixes quick easy fixes to complex issues exactly yeah. and i think like, it's important to know, like yeah. if you go in a bookstore actually if you look at the past few years the 20th century and the 21st century the number one genre of books that you see sold in bookstores are self-help books. Yeah. Interesting. They're self-help books. It's a part of the entire, it's pervasive in the culture. We all, like, I see an article that says five ways to, like, get a girlfriend. And, like, uh, dibs. I, 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 I want to read that because I'm like, oh, only five steps? Send Victor the link. Like, only five steps? That sounds pretty easy. Like, I need, like, a three step. Like, I can do five steps, you know? And it's, 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 it goes, but, and again, like, in order to make a Model T, yeah, this idea works. If you want to make money, this idea works. If you want to solve the pains of your soul, this does not work. Yeah, it's five steps to world peace. You can't do it. Truth Mm. is complex and cannot be given a quick and easy answers. Mm. Uh, Yeah, but we're programmed in our American culture to want truth in efficient, easy, and fast manners. And the problem is our teachers in our society, our pastors, instead of fighting against that, instead of saying, no, truth is deep. And when you talk about it, they started catering to it. Yeah. And I, I think it comes from a, from, from a misinterpretation of the word truth. I think we, when we were, we're misconstruing what the word actually means. It's right? very complex. Yeah. Like I heard RC Sproul this past weekend and he said, truth is not sent out or no truth is not found. It's sin out, mm-hmm. right? And that, oh man, what a good quote, right? Amen, but, yeah. but when we start trying to find truth in what mm-hmm. we do, even mm-hmm. if it's through our readings of the scripture, when we try to find tr- our truths through scripture, we're still reading it through a wrong lens. We have to allow God's truth to, to penetrate us when we read scripture, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And so Absolutely. It, it comes, we, we don't know what truth is. And when, yeah. we, when we try to come up with our conceptualized mm-hmm. idea of truth, 
we get off track. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this the result, you know, pragmatic thinking. Would you say that this that this idea? I mean, yes, when we talk about it, you know, like spirituality, individuals, individualistically, but speaking corporately, oh, the yeah. church itself. Would mm-hmm. you say that we we use this we use this system this of pragmatism American worldview? Do you think that this impacts how we do ministry and evangelism oh 100 percent and missions 100 percent missions they give you missions or programs yeah. not all missions not all missions i yeah. shouldn't say that but some missions they they give people a yeah. pamphlet and they say this is how you have ev- five steps to evangelize to muslims hmm. and you become actually, projects like, and not people exactly i met with a guy who runs a muslim outreach and i was asking about his process and how he does things and he was telling me these these completely random things that they did to tailor to a community and i was like you don't have a program and he goes you can't have a program it's impossible mm. to have a program to effectively ministry. You have to do what it takes for every situation. Right. Not yeah. one thing is going to work all the time. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But I mean, if you want some evidence for this, there's this book called the Bible. Yes. Uh, it, it is, is a, a it's fantastic. it is not a small book. It is a big a book library. and it is a complicated book. Yeah. And that is, the, I mean, the Bible itself is ev- evidence against pragmatism. Mm-hmm. Truth is complicated. People have been studying that for 2000 years. Yeah. And it takes, truth is complicated. Yeah. And that's why one of the reasons I love this podcast is you, this podcast is trying to fight against these ideas of pragmatism. We're taking time to really try to go deep into these ideas and topics yeah, and right. really discuss them. And it's, it's a blessing. That's yeah. why you get number one on iTunes is because it's <laughs> a feeling a need, we you have. know, it was a while, but <laughs> I know, but it's true because, because we're, we're trying to, again, go against the common pragmatic thinking that we were raised in. Like exactly. This, this is this is part of our sin nature. Yeah. It's a product of that, and that's why we're so used to yes, it. Yes, and I think Scripture, you know, vents that. When we talk about how, we, and we see this throughout, throughout the Scripture, that we are more prone to pursue and chase after our temporary pleasures. You know what I mean? Like like right. these pursuits that we have, uh, these temporary pursuits. Um, I mean, even we see in the garden at the very beginning, they chose to redefine good and evil for themselves, forsaking the eternal God so that they could have a temporary pleasure. Right. Um, and so that they, in their pride, could establish themselves right. as God. Read Ecclesiastes. I, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And I think, yeah. that's, I think that's just because well, I mean, like, we are so, we are impatient creatures. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. It's a part of the fruit of the Spirit. And we have to abide in Christ and he grow that in us. Um, but apart from him, we are naturally impatient people. Can you hurry up the sentence? I'm getting impatient. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think that when, I, I think this is so cool. I love how you said like, especially with missions, um, we read in the Bible where Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed mm-hmm. and that it takes time to grow and turn yeah. to a tree that the birds of the air can perch their nest on. It takes time. It's slow. It has small beginnings. Yeah. Every good thing that God has done begins with the individuals, with the small beginnings. Um, it's all valuable to him. It's all to his glory. Uh, and yet we try to do, even in ministry, I see so often, um, even at the churches that I've worked at, people want to do things to build their student ministry uh, in like six months or less. Uh, and I'm right. not saying mm-hmm. it's, it's not unwise. It's not unwise to to anticipate the future and plan ahead. Yeah. It is unwise though, uh, for that model to be what you use uh, and to not allow the spirit to lead you in that. Amen. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I would argue that pra- out of all of these pragmatism is the hardest to combat because yeah. it's, 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 it's actually difficult to reprogram how we learn. Right. Like yeah. for a person, instead of for us, I deal with this right. instead of sitting down and going, all right, I'm not going to read this five steps to a better life. Instead, I'm going to read this theology textbook that's a thousand yeah. pages long, like, but I'm going to get real <laughs> truth out of it. Right. Yeah. You know, instead of talking to a person and telling them two ways that they can make their life better, I'm yeah. going to actually 
engage with their problems and try to just be with them and let right. and try to guide them towards healing. Right. It's hard. It's actually difficult yeah. for us to combat this one, and yeah. it takes work. I think this goes back to what you were talking about when you were saying, like, uh, especially in the youth, we see teenagers and youth who pursue these spiritual highs and as yeah. soon as they have one they try to pursue I hate another. spiritual highs I hate that word I hate uh, the entire exactly, concept exactly it's so camp high camp high it's, it's not biblical um, like, yeah. and, it's not but they pursue one high after another after another mm-hmm. and that's why it, it leads to slavery it really does yes uh, because once we have like if, if we're trying to get the quick fix once we have that quick fix we're only going to fall mm-hmm. find ourselves another problem we find another quick fix and this goes back to consumerism and individualism again all connected. this mm-hmm. is such an individual individualistic technique right yeah 30 days so that i can have a better life yeah you know five ways i can be free from addiction i i I don't know i think it's in the pursuit of holiness by jerry bridges is it yeah pursuit of holiness by by jerry bridges Bridges. an amazing book book. yes fantastic and he says that that we don't walk in victory we need to walk in obedience Mm. and there's a complete difference right if we're walking in victory that's something that we've achieved Mm. right victory is something that we win it's different when we're walking in surrendered obedience to mm. God. Yeah. They're, they're two completely different things. And when we try to walk in victory, we're walking in this individualistic, consumeristic, pragmatic way of thinking mm. that is completely contrary to biblical teaching. Absolutely. 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 Yeah. So that's the that's the fourth one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have one more for us, right? right? This one kind of tacks onto pragmatism a little bit, but it's, okay. it's, it's a different idea. I like how you have really fancy names for all all of the other ones and then like <laughs> this, this one <laughs> this one's like a sentence there's no fancy way to say it this one uh this is the idea of all right i'm, I'm just gonna say what i wrote here entertainment as a method of information consumption uh the tagline here is entertaining ourselves to death yeah uh, this this carries this again carries from pragmatism uh that truth is complicated and therefore truth cannot be carried through entertainment Truth cannot be transferred from entertainment. Mm. Um, and we see that people try. Uh, Saturday Night Live. Yes. Late night talk shows. Music. Hip hop, especially. Yeah. Sh- this is which I love hip hop. Okay. Shylin. But yeah, Shylin. Oh, whoops. Did I say that a lot? <laughs> Did I call you out? Uh, um, all of these methods uh, we, attempt. We got to that out. <laughs> all of these methods attempt to teach truth through entertainment but that's not possible and like the analogy I use for that is like you guys remember like you know smoke signals yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. as communication like when during a smoke signal you can be like bad men coming run like that's easy in smoke signals you cannot teach Socrates through a smoke signal Mm. you cannot teach soteriology through a smoke signal All right. I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's how I learned my Christology. That's how how I learned about Jesus. Oh, man. No, truth requires more. (laughs) Truth requires more than that. There's a book actually called Entertaining Ourselves to Death. uh, And it it makes the claim that as soon as a culture starts teaching truths through entertainment, like... Is this a Christian book? I actually don't Do you know. know. Okay, I don't know. I I'll think link it is. In. I'll link it. I in think that. it is. It's a good read either way. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it basically says that once a culture starts getting truth through entertainment, like it's over. Like mm. you're toast. Yeah. And that's and let's look at America. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, look at where yeah. people get their political opinions from. Yeah. Like you said. SNL. Exactly. Look what I had. Like this is how people who get misinformed, but are also incredibly obstinate about things. Right. Like yes. they made a joke about this on SNL. And so I'm going to like, as must be true, I'm going to be super obstinate about this point without any information on my side. And this goes for, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not pointing out any kind of demographic on this. I'm pointing out Americans. Yeah. This happens on both sides of any kind of spectrum uh, of 
of people. They're being fed biased information. Biased information through entertainment. Through an ineffective yeah. medium. Through an ineffective medium, yeah. entertainment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because entertainment can't relay truth. You can't be entertained and relay truth at the same time. Yeah, and so I, I, we were talking a little bit about this a few days ago. Yeah. And we use, so to talk about Christian Christian hip-hop, we'll, we'll just mm-hmm. use that as an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, KB just came out with an, with an album. Incredible album. First of all, yeah. guys, I, this is not like a Christian This is not day. a Christian hip-hop podcast. Go listen to KB's album. Today We Rebel. Today We Rebel. Mm. It is the most gospel-saturated uh, album I have ever Incredible. listened to. Incredible. It is amazing. And and then take a look at, what's Shylin's newest album that uh, just came out? Jesus I, something. I don't even know the name of it. But if Did you, you if, burn it? Probably. It, I think it burned on its own. Oh. <laughs> but but look at the... If you go listen to each one, you'll see exactly what you're talking Shailin about. Shailin is Shailin trying is to... Shailin is teaching yeah. Systematic Theology by Wayne Grudem in a 12-song track. Mm. On a song... Mm. On a 12-song playlist. That's beautiful. Versus... No. Versus KB... <laughs> Teaching his personal experiences and what God has done for him, pointing people to the truth. There's yeah. a clear difference mm-hmm. than yeah. a song, you know, just listing off names of false teachers and a song describing <laughs> the beauty of the Christ, the beauty of the gospel. Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's Absolutely. completely different. Uh, and and this is that's why. And this is a big problem. We are reaching a point in our nation where we almost can't learn unless we're entertained. Mm. Now we reach a point where like, it's if true. we're not being entertained yeah. again, this is again, consumerism. Right. We equate it to bad. Right. If I'm not being entertained, I'm going to check out because this isn't worth my yes. time. Yeah. Yes. All right, let me tell you guys something. If you want to learn truth, it's not always going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of the times it's not going to be It'll fun. You. You'll have to sit in a semester of lectures yes. so yeah. from a, prof- you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's what it a takes A professor that might be monotone. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but that's where you're going to get fed. No names. Yeah. No. <laughs> no names. No names. <laughs> I, listen, I've, I've worked in student ministry for years now, for three years, no, four years now. And that is the biggest reason why youth leave church because they're not being entertained mm-hmm. uh, because they're not being, fe- they're being fed truth. But they don't like it. They think it tastes bitter. I think yep. you know part of the reason you know going you know, if we look at the root of it, it's probably because they're not saved. Um, mm. But and truth does have that sour and sweet taste at the right. same time. Um, it's sweet, but it's also sour. Uh, but I really do think, and I see that. I see that in our churches today. Mm-hmm. People are leaving in flocks uh, yeah. because they are not receiving what they desire. And we see that like in John six when Jesus yeah. fed the multitude, the um, the five thousand men, whoever mm-hmm. else was there, and then. Very next day, they met him on the other side of the shore, and he says to him, "You were looking for me because you had your fill of bread, because I gave you food, Amen. not because yeah. you understood my miracles, not because you want me, not because you understood who I am." Uh, so I think it's important that we know that it's about it's about Jesus. Um, you know, our our lives, our pursuit of Christ um, is to love Him and make Him and live for Him, uh, to know Him and make Him known, and that is not always a fun process. Right, and, and it's not meant to be. Right, and and that's not to say. That, that learning can be fun because yeah. it is right mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that is the objective like it's not the sta- point it's not the standard yeah. right yeah sometimes it's it's not. difficult yeah. and, and we're not promised a fun life mm-hmm. as christians we are we are promised a a life as we pursue god that that could be and will be filled with struggles tribulations yeah. and difficulties and but that's ultimately abundant. that's abundant yeah Ultimately, we can find joy in them. Yes, right? absolutely. But that doesn't mean it's going to be easy or fun, yeah. right? And there's a difference. We have to understand the difference between fun and joy. Yeah. They're not the same. And again, like this, 
<laughs> the church, instead of doing the proper, again, when I say church, I'm, it's a general statement. I don't mean every single church in America. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of churches, yeah. instead of combating this cultural ill of needing to be entertained, they're leaning into it. Right. Yeah. They're leaning Absolutely. into it. You get these churches that it's, that it's, it's a performance. The church service is a performance. Yeah. And they go to hear preachers. To they be go to hear preachers to be entertained with them. They go to hear worship that's entertaining yeah, to them. Yeah. Motivational speakers. Church goes from a time of edification music. to a performance. Yeah. And it's all just emotionalism. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, we, we go back to the spiritual highs. And then we attribute that to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Which is another thing. We get these emotional highs. <laughs> because I'm highs. crying, it must yeah. be of the Spirit. And, and that's so wrong mm-hmm. on so many levels. Don't even get me started. Yep. Yeah. And now, actually, I had a hard time finding a verse for this one, which is kind of counterintuitive to mm, what we're talking right. about. But the thing is, in the ancient cultures, this was not a problem. That's true. This was not a problem. Mm. They didn't live in an entertainment culture. They lived in an ancient Near East culture where they had to survive. Right. Like, yeah. that was their biggest priority. Hunting and gathering. Their, 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 their idea, the entertainment Caveman. wasn't even on their mind. Yeah. Right. You know? That's just not how it worked. And so, the only thing that we can glean from this from Scripture is that the ramifications of gleaning truth through entertainment is that the truths of the scripture are being maligned and fogged up in order to make the church into a more entertaining experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's where we get heresy. Exactly. When we start trying yeah. to, in our churches, when we start trying to give truth through an entertaining experience of a, of a church service, mm-hmm. you create heresy. Right. Absolutely. And 2 Timothy 3.16, all scriptures breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the mm-hmm. man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work amen yeah do not touch the bible <laughs> yeah <laughs> do not mess with scripture exactly Absolutely. all right it's so true and we do it so often and it's heartbreaking oh yeah and i mean even further like first timothy 4 16 keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching on mm. the teaching that's the important part persist in this for by so doing you will save both yourself and your hearers mm. what they're teaching is scripture right yeah. what the teaching in that in that phrase is teaching in the word yeah yeah and mm. read proverbs mm. and, and you mm. will understand that wisdom is like the heart of god Right. Mm. So like you see that mm-hmm. knowledge yeah, and wisdom huck, huck are the yeah. beginning of, of God. Like yeah. these things, like when we surround ourselves with bad company, it, it corrupts good character. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you, like you see these things and it's it's wisdom and wisdom is strictly found. Yeah. Derived from the word of God. Yeah. And I think it's important. That we, I think I love that you brought up wisdom. Uh, the Hebrew word hokmah. It actually means it's actually an extension of God's character. It's what he used to create the world and lay its foundations. Yeah. Uh, so we see that That's it's cool. an intimate part of who he is. And so the scriptures themselves, you know, John 1, we see Jesus is the word of God. Uh, he is the very manifestation, the personification of God's full message to mankind. So when we dive into the scriptures, we are diving into the very heartbeat of who Jesus is. Um, and when he is the wisdom and the power of God and his word is himself. Uh, Amen. We're, we're to delight in that. And so when we go to church with the mentality of, hey, I'm going to go to be entertained, and that's why all these are so connected. It's individualistic. It's, it's um, consumerism. It's consumerism. Uh, uh, pragmatism. Uh, like, we do all this mm-hmm. because it's about us. And I think the biggest misconception about the church, about the Bible, about God, is that he is for us, and he is, uh, but that he is for us prior to him being for himself. The motivation behind God being for us is the pursuit of his own glory. Mm. Uh, and that's where our joy will be found, our satisfaction will be found. So just like entertainment, I don't think it's a sin to I don't think it's a sin to watch the office. 
Oh, me either, my friend. Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> like, my oh, dogs man. are barking. <laughs> all right, come it on. It is fantastic. It is one of the greatest shows of all time. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm so sorry if I'm offending people. Actually, no, I'm not. No, it's you're not truth. offending it, it anyone. And if you're offended <laughs> by it, <laughs> No, but listen, it's, the, the idea is here, it is not that it's wrong to be entertained. Now, it's wrong to live in, a, you right. know, to only be entertained. Yeah. And like, there, again, with anything on this earth, there's a healthy balance. Yeah. Right. The entertainment and if, when things becomes an idol, yeah. that's a problem. But entertainment itself isn't wrong. What I'm saying is when you forsake the word of God mm-hmm. for an entertaining experience, yeah. mm. that's when you have a major problem. Right. When yeah. you can't, when Absolutely. you as an individual, when I as an, because I, I say you, I struggle with this as much right. as every other American on the planet. Mm-hmm. When I have trouble learning because I'm not being entertained, Right. That's my problem. Right. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. You know? And so would you say that the the overall solution to these five, like looking at you know, on the on the individual, the singular, for us as individual Christians who are walking, uh, seeking to know God and make him known, would you say and, and you, you add, add to this, please. But like, mm-hmm. would you say that the main solution, because it would seem like all five of these facets of the American worldview are rooted in self-idolatry. Mm-hmm. Uh, our hearts are idol-making factories, uh, quote by C.S. Lewis, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, our hearts are idol-making factories. Um, and the reason why that is, we're so proud to do that, Romans 1, is because we worship ourselves over the creator, we worship the created over the creator. Mm-hmm. Um, because we want to redefine good and evil ourselves, we want to play God. And because mm-hmm. we want to play God, uh, what happens is that we take everything that fits our needs and our desires and we attribute that to the status of God and we worship it because we feel like that will give us our, sem- our temporary mm-hmm. satisfying pleasures in the moment. Uh, yeah. so, would, so I would say, I want you to add to this, yeah. uh, but like the solution being, uh, you know, in order to completely eradicate idolatry from our churches is to allow mm-hmm. Jesus to be the only God that we serve. Just like 1 John 5 says, the mm-hmm. only true living God is the Father and the Son and the Spirit. Uh, the living God, that's the only one that we should serve. Mm-hmm. Um, the root, I mean, the, the only solution to idolatry is worship of the one true God right. and delighting ourselves in Him above mm-hmm. all things. Uh, but what would you add to that? What would you say is... I mean, I would say that idolatry and pride are the root of all sin. Basically all I mean, sin. Yeah. And so when we look at these five issues, we realize that they do stem from pride and yeah. idol- either idolatry of self, idolatry of country, idolatry of ease. I mean, idolatry of entertainment. Yeah. These all stem from an idol that's not Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so the problem, the problem with these is you can be in all five of these and still think you're all right mm, because absolutely. of the culture we live in. Yeah. Because our culture, because these things are so ingrained in our culture that we've combined it with the church and what I call America Christianity. Mm. Uh, and we've created our own religion that has these five and many more things attributed to it that we don't even notice are problems right. yeah. because they're so, because we think it's all right because it's right. just how we, how we exist. Mm. And so the solution here is to recognize the sin and to separate America from Christianity, mm. to take them apart. You can be an American, but you're a Christian first. Right. Absolutely. And to, and to look at, I mean, the solutions, read your Bible. Mm-hmm. How did the ancient church live? How did Paul live? How did, what did he teach? Read first Timothy, realize what your elders, what your pastors, how they're supposed to live, how your congregation is supposed to comport itself. Yeah. Like that's where you find your identity in Christ is in scripture, not in America. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so these problems, yeah, God needs to be your highest priority, but you need to understand that our eyes have been veiled to these cultural yeah, issues absolutely. that we don't even understand. Once I look at I, I guarantee you, you're going to start seeing these things more. Yeah. After we've talked about it today, you're going to walk around in your churches and your communities and you're going to see these five things yeah. Yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And it's going to drive y'all nuts. Yeah. All right. Because <laughs> yeah. it drives me nuts yeah. and because I see it everywhere. Notice it. Let the blinders kind of come off oh, and yeah. notice it. Pray for it. And even for those mm-hmm. people listening to the podcast that aren't in America, like these things are rooted in our sin nature. 
culture. Mm. And so mm-hmm. they can pop up anywhere. Yeah. And so pray for us as we, you know, pray for you guys. And, and note that although these things are part of our sin nature, we have the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. And we have the capability because of the spirit to notice these mm, things, repent yeah. from these things and pursue Christ uh, and pursue holiness. Yeah. Right. And so we should be doing that. And as we do that, yeah. we will see Christianity and this mm. America begin to split and mm. Christianity begin to take that top spot as it always should have. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's important that we know, just like you said, that this is not just a one man project. Um, it takes vulnerability on our part, both to the mm-hmm. spirits leading and to the local congregation, to the body. Mm-hmm. Um, service to them, uh, loving edification, stirring them towards Christ, towards love and good works. Uh, that takes sacrifice on our part. Um, we cannot, we cannot fulfill the mission if we don't get bloody dude even in even in trying to fix these problems you can fall into the same traps exactly what are some look at what what happened at my unity conference they were trying to fix the problem what are some pragmatic ways we can fix pragmatism in the church (laughs) five steps to fix pragmatism. how can i myself fix the problem of individualism in the church how what are some ways that i can create a program that make people want to come and fix these problems do you understand how deep this goes in our identity that it's so hard to get away from and honestly I don't have all the answers to this. Yeah. I don't have all the conclusions. All I see are the issues. And the solution isn't always going to be tangible. It's not going to be tangible or immediate. Uh, It's going to take time, just like Mm -hmm. sanctification. Nothing's immediate. It takes time. It takes pruning. This kind of stuff. It hurts. Yeah. Um, but it's worth it. Yeah, um, it's what brings about fruit. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, but it, but it starts with the individuals um, coming together as a body, recognizing the problem, and pursuing mm-hmm. Christ, and allowing the conviction of the Holy Spirit to bring about repentance in them, uh, so they can seek God and love Him for who He is. So, so final question I want to ask about this specifically, because these are five facets that we see predominantly, like we said, in the American worldview. Um, but but just like we said before, we have a lot a lot of viewers uh, who are not who are not Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have people in Bangladesh uh, in. In Japan, Japan uh, England. Um, <laughs> Want to say another country? Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Three, two, one. India. Italy. Oh, uh, Italy. Uh, yeah, Italy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> How would we? Because I'm, I'm positive that these facets of that worldview are prevalent there and we're seen there. But mm-hmm. specifically, I know that this is a this is huge in America. But what would we say specifically to viewers who aren't? Americans uh, and how they could combat these issues in their country. I mean, it's probably the same, you know, solutions. But what would we say to them? What what encouragement can we give to them? Well, the first thing I would say to anybody that's not from America or hasn't been raised in America is use this podcast to help understand mm-hmm. American culture a little better. Yeah. To understand how we as a as a society operate. Uh, other cultures, honestly, I mean, I've been I've been to England, and honestly, I didn't notice these problems as much there. Um, really, I didn't. No, I, I think I really think this is a specifically American problem. Um, All of them, or or I mean, every I mean, everybody deals with some of these to things the to gravity, an extent. Yeah. But we're talking about yeah. the gravity of ingrained in our identity. Yeah, I would say America most. Mm. But any other any other country, pray for us. Yeah, pray for us. Look for these things. If you start to see these things crop up in your communities, mm-hmm. do something about it. Yeah, you know, make be the change. You know, Absolutely. like be the be the one that combats these kind of things. But also use it as a you know, if you ever meet. An American person understand that these are parts of who we are, yeah. you know, Absolutely. and things that while some of them are inherently bad, 
that mm-hmm. it can't translate into Christianity. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And so as we wrap up today's podcast, Griffin, thank you so Thanks, much man. for Appreciate taking Dude, you this awesome. time out of your day and spending it with us thank on you our so podcast. Much. So great we to be here. It. So great uh, to be three here. Three nerds and... Okay, and again, I am a cool nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Many of them. <laughs> I look like him. Guys, you don't even understand. <laughs> but no, thank you so much. Your wisdom and your passion on this topic mm-hmm. is amazing and uh, we look forward to anything else that you do on this topic we uh, being more informed now know what to look for know what to pray for what to be convicted about know what to be convicted about yeah same thing for our listening audience guys Mm -hmm. you will definitely begin to see these things like griffin said yeah pray for them notice them and then begin to root them out of your own life and like you said it goes down to our deepest part of our being but the holy spirit yeah. knows the deepest part of our hearts that we don't even know, right? Amen. And, he and he's, and he's hearts. conforming us. Right. He's and conforming so us. Nothing is outside his power. Absolutely. And so as, as we begin conforming to the image of Christ, yeah. right, as we have been predestined to do, we can trust in the fact that he will do mm. those things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amen. Uh, so guys, if you guys haven't uh, followed us on our social medias, please do. We have Instagram, Twitter, at Grace Nation Men, our Facebook page, Grace Nation Ministries. Please uh, seek out those mediums. We have some amazing things. Our Reaching the Nations fundraiser is still going on. We have yeah. uh, a few donations that have come in, so praise the Lord. Yeah. If we hit our goal by the end of the year, like we said, we're giving out five uh, John MacArthur study Bibles and then five Reformation study Bibles. So yeah. we're giving out a total of 10 Bibles. It's amazing. Please take advantage of this time where you can uh, also help uh, kids in India attend a two-week Bible school, mm. and that is an amazing opportunity to bring grace to the nations. It's going to be awesome. Uh, outside I'm of so that, uh, please please check out our blog posts on our website. We have a few. We have a new writer actually coming on to Grace Nation Ministries. Yeah. That's exciting. We'll probably see that first post sometime this week or next week, so keep an eye out for that. And yeah, guys, we are praying for you. Uh, we are praying not only that, that you be edified and stirred by our podcast, but that God constantly edifies and stirs you in everything that mm. you do throughout your life. So just know yeah. that, that you guys are in our prayers, and we ask that you guys pray for us and our podcast and our lives, that we keep God at the center of everything, mm. and that we just passionately pursue him over all else. Mm. Mm. Amen. So, guys, until next time, take, take care, care, and God bless. bless. And that's the show. Thanks for listening. The BGN podcast comes out every week. Questions? Email us at gracenationministries at yahoo.com or tweet us at gracenationmin. Until next time, take care and God bless.